0: Welcome to the Brew Crew Review Podcast, the show by fans or fans of your Milwaukee Brew. Hi hey, Brewer fans and welcome to the Brew Crew Review Podcast. Uh, I'm Craig and with me is Scott. Scott, how are you doing? Uh, doing all right, hanging in there. How about you? Not too bad. We're missing a couple of our colleagues, Vincent, uh, Chad. Are both a little bit under the weather, I guess. Uh, however, we have uh, gotten notification that they have not been quarantined or anything like that. So um, I think it's just uh, standard uh, flu or whatnot. But uh, anyway, um, the Brewers had some pretty significant news this week. In fact. One, probably one of the biggest pieces of news in franchise history. So that's what we're going to talk about once we're on today's podcast. Um, and what that was, as uh, former MVP Christian Yelich um, of the Milwaukee Brewers, who was only 28 years old, just agreed to a nine-year total contract extension with the Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, including a seven-year extension on his already uh, two-year deal. And that will make him a Milwaukee Brewer all the way until the age of his 36th season. So it uh, looks like we've got our franchise player locked up for the better part of the next decade. And uh, pretty big day. Uh, and I guess I'll have you comment on some of the more financial details of it. But uh, I guess what was your first initial thoughts before diving into that when you first heard the news scott
1: um initial thoughts i mean as a brewer fan i mean you kind of have to be ecstatic about it right i mean um just from what i had preliminarily heard um it wasn't a um like something that i thought would be like an, an albatross contract uh to the franchise down the road or anything like that and i know that we had talked a little bit on this podcast about how um someone like uh, like with the talent that Yelich possesses, uh, it, it's not something where you can kind of let him walk to free agency. You're just not going to get anything essentially back. Like if you're a small market, you almost have to trade him in that last year. Um, so with that in mind, if we didn't extend him, we basically only had this year and next year as our like quote sort of playoff window um, or potential window of opportunity. And and in, I I don't necessarily know if we've done enough this year to make this uh, a team capable of winning a world series. So uh, that kind of made it a a really small window that was closing. And so to be able to have um, a guy like Christian Yelich tied up uh, and going to be the face of the franchise for a really long time, that's just a a, a great feeling.
0: Absolutely. I not agree more. I mean, this pretty much cements Christian Yelich as the fourth member of the brewery Mount Rushmore. so to speak. I was with Maldon Young, uh, Hall of Fame Brewers on uh, the first two faces on that, and of course, you'd have to say Ryan Braun, former MVP, and he has faced the Brewers um, franchise and was uh, currently in his last year under contract with the Brewers, but uh, Kristen Yelich, who in his first two seasons as a Brewer, uh, basically was the NL MVP and then was a runner-up for N- MVP the second year. Um, probably two of the best offensive seasons um, almost undoubtedly in Brewers history uh, get put up by Yell's first few years as a brewer. Now he's going to be a brewer for nine more years. Um, yeah. You can start carving that face on the Brewers I'm not much more definitely and pretty excited about uh, that window of contention for the brewers being opened up from, like you mentioned, the two year window to hopefully the next nine years. So,
1: yeah, so I, I guess the the one thing that I guess any any brewer fan is going to be worried about is like like I said earlier, I, I don't think this is an albatross contract, but I can see how some people would be worried uh, about giving uh, this amount of money to one player. When you're a small market, you really have to be judicious about who you're going to give money to. Uh, but at the end of the day, like, is there really anybody more deserving than Christian Yelich for this franchise? I mean, he, he's he's only been here a little bit, but. Um, you know, he's, he's already done so much. Like, I mean, I don't know what else you could ask of him at this point.
0: And the Brewers are not even considered possible landing spots for them. Just people know that they can't, you know, they're not attractive to free agents for one. And most free agents I think and their agents, just assume the Brewers won't be able to shell out the amount of money that they're looking for. Um, And so that's what I think the unique and awesome thing about the, creative you know the Brewers trading for Christian Yellich um I mentioned those other players on the Brewers about Rushmore so to speak those players were all drafted as Milwaukee Brewers whereas Christian Yellich was not drafted in fact he was drafted I believe it was 25th overall back in uh 2010 so a decade ago out of high school um by the Miami Marlins. By the way, a little bit of trivia. To see if you know this one, Scott. The Brewers selected 14th bet draft. Uh, Can you name the player the Brewers picked and uh, pass up on Chris as and picked in the first round?
1: Um,
0: I will give you. I will give you a hint that he did not sign with the Brewers.
1: Typical. No, I have no idea then.
0: <laughs> you no, know, Dylan Colby um who uh you know there were ultimately the brewers picked and didn't sign them anyways and they got a comp compensation pick the following year but anyway Wait, um, was that,
1: that wasn't the one that like diabetes or something was it
0: yeah yeah i'm so okay so um,
1: i so i knew a little bit but not that much okay
0: <laughs> but uh anyway Obviously, the, tr- the trade that happened that brought Christian Nielsen to the Milwaukee Brewer is uh, probably one of the best days in Brewer history. The same day we also signed Lorenzo Cain to a long-term deal. But, um, yeah, just looking over the financials, um, the Brewers already did have control, like we just mentioned, of Christian Yales for the next three years. Um, and then they had that really pretty reasonable option, club option, was obviously going to pick up for the third year. Um, I think in Brewer fans' mind going into this off season, like there was a sense of urgency. Like, hey, we've got Christian Yelich in his baseball prime. He's throwing off MVP season. Brewers just made the the playoffs with, in back-to-back years with kind of underwhelming talent on a lot of portions of the roster. And so, as large in part because of Christian Yelich's huge season, he put out the Brewers were able to do that. So I think the sense of urgency is where, you know, we have to really replace Mustakis and Grandal with some quality players. Um and I think that people are kind of frustrated, myself included, with this offseason, uh lack of, you know, great signings or anything like that. But I think this kind of um makes more sense now that the this the story behind this really was that uh apparently Kristen Yelich approached the Brewers. Um In fact, owner Mark Antonaccio on Halloween of last year, shortly after the season ended, and about the possibility of extension. And according to Mark Antonaccio, the owner of the Brewers, the deal has been in the works and basically moving forward um, on a daily basis up until it actually was announced here this past week. So um, I think the Brewers were pretty pleasantly surprised at a they were approached uh, by Yelich with this possibility of signing for this long-term deal with a little bit of a hometown discount, so to speak. And, um, and uh, yeah, I think Mark Antanasio was probably willing to do a backflip um, knowing that he'd have a chance to pay him um, to, uh, <laughs> an absurd amount of money. In fact, um, our colleague Tom Hardecourt pointed out in the press conference that I saw that Christian Yelich's contract is almost on par with the entire total that Mark Antanasio paid in 2005 for the entire Milwaukee Brewers franchise, which is 223 million. Christian Yellis in the next nine years is going to make, what is it, about 213 million something like that? So it's a pretty incredible contract.
1: Yeah, not a bad deal. Uh, it's definitely exciting. Actually, there's one more thing I just had to look up because I, I, I really had to I, – I know our fans are going to want to hear it. Plus, I know that you probably know who it is. but. Um, so, um, because we didn't sign uh, uh, Dylan Covey, we got an extra pick the following year in the draft. So, who did we pick um, in the? We had two picks in the top fifteen. Um, so, who did we pick that year? I know this was one of your favorite drafts. I know of all the time. answer to
0: this, and it's, I know the answer to this. It's not not a very uh, not a very good answer, but it's Jed Bradley.
1: <laughs> yep. Yeah, Jed Bradley, um, and then uh, Taylor Youngman was drafted before that. That was our He was our original pick. Um, so, yeah. yeah, it just kind of goes uh, to show that, um, you know, there's no such thing as a guaranteed thing, especially if the Brewers are drafting in the first round. So, um, yeah, why not trade for a proven commodity like Christian Yelich? Not bad.
0: Absolutely. And, I mean, the players that we – I don't think we have to like, go over the trade, and the Brewers winning that side of that. But, I mean – um, you know, the, the marquee pieces given to, to the Marlins for Kirsten Ellis were basically Louis Brinson and um Monte Harrison. And Brinson has not even been able to cement himself as an everyday player yet. And my Harrison's still in the minor leagues, and they have a couple other pieces in there. Well, Isan Diaz, of course, actually is possibly starting for them as sh- second going into this year, at least platooning. And then they also got a member of the rotation, Jordan Yamamoto. Also, so they did get a fair number of players, major league quality players from the Brewers. And that's, of course, what the Marlins were looking for. But to land someone of Christianeology's caliber via trade right before he hits the prime of his career, obviously, and then, you know, taking off as a Brewer, is pretty much a dream come true as a Brewer fan, and no one would take that trade back. Um, So, I know that we kind of want to break this down to kind of give our listeners an idea of how how good of a deal this is for the Brewers franchise. So, I know from uh, starting three seasons from now, Chris Milos is going to be making for that final seven years of his contract. Is it about 27 million a year, 27 to 28 million a year? Scott, you probably have those numbers in front of you, but. Um, for every season and just to compare that to another contract uh mike trout who signed a extension with the um los angeles angels for um you know, more years and kristen yelled she's actually making about 36 million a year which is you know eight or nine million dollars more per season and two seasons Seasons more than Christian Yelch. Uh He's going to go all the way through. His contract goes all the way through his year 38 season. Um, and Chris Yelch is only on the hook for the Brewers through his age 36 season. So um, basically that, that right there, even if the annual figures are even, if that still shows how much of a hometown discount um, Yelch gave the Brewers. Uh, kind of to a comparable player to Mike Trout as far as they're both the same age. They're both twenty-eight this year and their contracts um are both huge. Um but thirty six million versus twenty seven million, I mean, that's a pretty big discount for the brewers and uh you gotta love it as a brewer fan.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And in fact when you when you factor in like uh trout's signing bonus and all that, like he's probably making closer to thirty seven million versus uh Yelich's like 26. So, yeah, it's like something like a 10 or $11 million difference per year. Now, obviously, Trout has a little bit more value. I mean, um, offensively, he might be a tick above, and, and he does play in like a more premium position, playing in center, although not sure that he's going to be doing that toward the end of his career. You never know. But, um, yeah, definitely a very solid get uh, by the Milwaukee Brewers. But having said that, um, you know, there's definitely something to be said for Christian Yelich. I mean, like, he it's a great deal for him too i mean he just obviously uh had a you know fairly significant injury and is coming off of that and um you know now he's able to get all this guaranteed money like christian yelich i i hate to say it but like his last contract was a nice contract to guarantee that he would be able to like be set for life that kind of a thing um but having said that, he kind of undervalued himself just because he wound up playing so much significantly better than what his contract was paying him. Uh, so now, like, this is, like, the mega deal. I mean, this is, uh, this is his lifetime deal. So it, it works out really good for both parties,
0: I think. Oh, absolutely. And, and from Yalta's perspective, um, you know, he liked playing here. He mentioned at the press conference he loved playing for the fans. I think he just gelled the, the day that he stepped foot as a Milwaukee Brewer. Um, and so, I mean, that's the thing. And, and also, you know, he's been fairly healthy. Obviously, the freak accident in the middle of September this past year, that made him missed the playoffs and everything was a huge blow to the Brewers. But obviously, he can bounce back from that. But it, it does go, not without mentioning, is the fact that Christian has had a little bit of, you know, some, I'm not going to say chronic, but some back problems that have popped up um, and allowed him to miss some games for the last couple of seasons. And for someone who's still a pretty young man, that's someone that, something that could be a red flag, but I'm sure that the brewers are comfortable with his medicals where it comes to his back and all that stuff, Um, you know, when signing a contract with this significance, I'm sure that uh, that all checked out. So um, I guess, Scott, what do you say to any brewer fans that might be like, well, we really thought that we should have this, this window of going to, going for, for the next couple of years and then trading Christian Yellows for a huge haul to restock our farm system, which currently um ranks dead last in the major leagues, and then kind of going on this perpetual, you know, rebuilding and then going for a type of cycle that the birds have been on. Signing Christian contract ends that possibility and instead you know locks him in as a franchise player, but then takes away that ability to use him as a huge trade trip coming up. Um what do you say to fans that might say that that might have been a better route to take?
1: Well, I mean, one, I mean, we could just look at the Yelich trade or any other number of trades and see, and basically point out that you never really know what you're getting, you know, in a trade. I mean, we, we traded what, four players for Christian Yelich and the supposed centerpiece of that deal uh, was Brinson, who uh, at this point now, two years later is the worst player of the four. So, um you just never really know, I guess, what you're going to get. And so with that in mind, I don't know. I think honestly, this was the backup plan. Like, I think that was the plan all along. Like we figured like, Oh, okay. We're probably never going to be able to resign Yelich. And then, um, I I don't think it was even really on the Brewers radar yet, as far as an extension, because like you said, we had three years of, of him tied up yet. So, Uh, with that in mind like it's not something that you're thinking about yet usually when you're you know a year or two away that's when you start thinking about an extension because so much could happen but uh, the fact that Yelich approached him I mean first of all like you said earlier there's not a lot of free agents that think Milwaukee that's where I want to go yes Um, there's just not a lot of that and furthermore there's not a lot of players that play for the Milwaukee Brewers that think I want to play here for life I mean I hate to say it but it's a it is still a business to a lot of these guys, and like as much as they might love the city, they don't necessarily want to, uh, you know, give that hometown discount. The fact that Christian Yelich, uh, a player as good as him, wants to be here, like you got to jump on that.
0: Absolutely, can agree more. Um, and and Milwaukee almost gets a little bit of a bad rap when it comes to like, hey, can, there's a free agent want to sign here. It all just comes down to money. But that's the main issue I don't want to say. Milwaukee, Milwaukee can't shell out huge amount, amount of money, especially for like starting pitchers or anything like that. But I mean, Milwaukee. Though, from what I'm understanding, is that players that actually played here. and Then, the you know, like as an example, Grandal and Masaka have now moved on to the White Sox and Reds, um, respectively. But those players that have played here even for a short period of time, they communicate that to other players that possibly would consider signing with the Brewers in the future. And, hey, Milwaukee is a great place to play. They've got awesome fans. They've got Craig counselor's is an awesome player manager to play for. They've got an awesome owner. Like uh, the city's, you know, was great to us. We highly recommend you considering playing there. And I've heard that that reputation has actually been, um, you know, talked about by players that have played for Milwaukee and moved on to other organizations. So, I don't think that that really holds true that people are just like, Oh, Milwaukee, you know, anymore. I think it all just obviously comes down to that dollar figure, but that's normally not something the Brewers can shell out for. And it's so much more difficult to shout out for like, you know, the Brewer fans at the beginning of this offseason want to say, Hey, Anthony Arndon's a free agent. Awesome. You know, we have a huge hole at third base with some leaving, let's sign him. Well, there's a huge problem with that from a number of reasons. Um, you know, uh, without having to have him played here for for the Brewers, it's so much harder to, harder to you know really convince him to know what kind of player it is, to convince him to sign here. And then you're competing against so many other teams on the on the open market um, that you're just not going to win that bidding war, so to speak, and nor should you as an organization. So, I mean, that's, that's kind of the bottom line. And, and that's why signing a player internally like this that you've traded for, played a couple of seasons for you already – that's really the way to go. Um, So I, I think that we're very fortunate that Christian Yelich has, has, you know, decided to sign this contract. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. And I think, um, I mean, obviously like, I I mean, I don't mean to put down Milwaukee, like obviously I'd love, um, you know, the, the great state of Wisconsin. I mean, it's absolutely phenomenal to me. Um, The people of Wisconsin are, are some of the greatest people in the world as far as I'm concerned, but um, but when you look at the franchise, there is still definitely, and I think that a lot of fans would would probably have this sentiment, um, this franchise hasn't always had, I guess, the commitment to winning might be the best way of putting it. Um, so with that in mind, I know that there's definitely players that will just basically go to the highest bidder, and, and that's, that's just kind of the way it is. But um, some of them also um, want to be sure that, like, hey, we can, like – we're going to be playing meaningful baseball in September. And for a long time, that really wasn't the case uh, for this franchise. And so the fact that um, we've made the playoffs the last two years uh, has been really exciting for, I think, everybody. And I think it really kind of shows that this franchise is, after all, committed. I mean, when you looked at the trade deadline last year, I might have disagreed. I would have said, I don't, I don't really know. Like, I think we need more to be able to, to be able to make the playoffs. But lo and behold, I mean, it was, be enough.
0: So it's pretty exciting. Yeah. And both of the last two to going into both the last two seasons, I was very skeptical myself that we'd have the starting rotation uh talent to get us to a playoff spot. And we did it both the last two years with the likes of like Wade Miley and Floyd Chacin, and you know um some guys last year also. I mean it just with this contract, though, now, it, it gives the brewer some cost certainty, and they know kind of what they're working with payroll-wise going forward. And I think Stearns, is really, is our GM, is really going to be able to thrive knowing what he's got to work with. And if you really look at it, the middle of our order orders kind of locked up for the, the better part of the next five or six years, uh, you know, because that's how long we control control Keston Hero for. So I really feel, you know um, – that those hitters um, can really be our two you know, core members in the middle of our lineup. And I think that, uh, obviously, we can piece in the rest with either players from within, um, players we trade for. And the most important part of it, and knowing going forward, the Brewers really are not going to be able to shut out big money to sign any type of big-name free agent starting pitcher going forward. They haven't been able to do that in the past anyway. And even though the fans have wanted them to, it's just not going to happen out the Yelts under contract. So it just puts even more stress and emphasis on drafting and developing starting pitching. And that's why it's so important. I mean, we mentioned at the beginning of this podcast, these games that we drafted. The four players of the caliber of Christian yell in the draft, like Dylan Colby, like Jed Bradley, like Taylor Youngman, all those players were picked before the, in the first 15 picks of the dra- of the draft, um, that's terrible. I mean, <laughs> you cannot – and those are all kind of fairly safe picks to go with at the time, and I know you got different people at the helm now, but I mean, the bottom line is the Brewers really need to d- develop their own pitching from within. Otherwise, they're just going to be, you know, piecing together a rotation year in, year out, and that's, that's not going that to always work. So that still gives me some excitement for the guys that we have in our system and particularly even at the major league level with – Brandon Woodruff, and, um, you know, we don't know what's going to happen with, with Freddie Peralta, but we just signed him for the next, uh, I think, five years also. Um, so I, I still ha- have some hope that he'll be a key member of that rotation going forward in the same window. And then um, same thing, Corbin Burns, who's having a pretty decent spring training, had a horrific year at the major league level last year. I just want to get him a mulligan on that one. You still see winning pitches that he's got this arsenal and he's got this talent. And the pitch is there, and you know as long as he can he can bounce back, I feel like he'd be another core member of our top of our rotation going forward too, so if that can still hold true, the Brewers obviously can uh, continue to develop some more talent from within. I think you know we we can definitely stay in contention going forward, and I feel we're in much better shape right now as an organization than either the Chicago Cubs or the you know um seeing those Cardinals who have been our biggest rival rivalries the last couple of seasons um going forward and this Yellich you know that any fans of those teams that heard this Yellich sign just took a big gasp, like oh, it's really looking for the forward to the day that he lost Milwaukee because he's absolutely murdered the last two years and had them you know make the playoffs for the last two years and as a Chicago Cup fan your team did not so hopefully there'll be more of that
1: yeah, that's kind of how I felt when like, um, when the Cardinals traded for Goldschmidt. And I'm like, well, all right. I mean, if you're going to trade that much for a guy that you only have one year. Oh, wait. You signed him to an extension? <sighs> God damn it. Okay. Great. Awesome. But, um, no, I mean, that's what's so exciting, though, about Christian Jalic. I mean, he's basically, like, you look at him, and I feel like he's half the size of Paul Goldschmidt. But uh, he winds up having, like, the guy's just this uh, – uh, perfect like power left-handed bat that um, not only is he going to be in the the middle of your lineup. And like you said, we have the middle of our lineup now tied down for, uh, for years to come. Um, It's totally solidified, but not only that, but with the rosters expanding now to 26 instead of 25, um, you can kind of, you know, put together a little bit of a patchwork uh, the rest of the way, because, you can platoon, like that's one extra person that you can platoon. So, like, um, I think that last year we had talked about how uh the team just wasn't uh very deep and, and that our bench uh wasn't very good. And now you look at it and you're like, wow, I mean, who's who's the fourth outfielder on this team? Like, is it Braun? Is it Garcia? Like, I don't know, but either way, that's a pretty deep like when you look at our bench, wow, I it's completely turned around so I mean as much as like we haven't I guess gotten that marquee player in this offseason um, I'm pretty excited about just the overall talent depth of this team and I think uh, right now anyway out here in Vegas I think we're supposed to finish tied for third with the Cincinnati Reds and then the, um, I think it was Cardinals and then Cubs finishing above us so yeah so I, I don't really know that that's the way that it's gonna work out but I, i'm pretty excited about the way that this team is set up
0: um no yeah scott i i definitely cannot even agree more um I think you should lay some bones down there in uh, in Vegas on the Brewers' uh, over on the E3 wins because I really feel that the Brewers will beat that um, and hopefully have a chance to make the wild card again um, this season. So, um, yeah. With that being said, um, I, I mean I, I I agree with your point about the depth too. I mean it's not it's like unexciting depth and it's kind of like bargain bin depth that we've created. It platoon positions of like third base and first base even with smoke and brawn or whatnot but um even on the you know if you look at our current rotation filling it with guys like lynn bloomer and uh brett anderson is not very exciting but if you think of those guys possibly just being depth pieces to fill in if the young guys don't pan out uh you know as like six or seven starting options then um it doesn't seem so bad um and the one other thing I want to point out kind of in this podcast is the fact that um, that uh, the one rumor at the end of this offseason, you know, this rumor got floated out there with the Brewers already knowing that they were working toward a Yelch extension, is that that was there was it was rumor the Brewers were willing to trade Josh Hader. Um And I think, again, we speculated at the time that was kind of just putting the feelers out to see what type of offers they might get for him and what teams might be interested Uh, Because going forward, and even if we fall out of contention before July of this season, I think at any point this July forward, at some point the Brewers will be willing to trade Josh Hader. Um, You know, you hope maybe not until the final July before he's a free agent or whatever, but um, or maybe all the way, not at all. If the Brewers can contend every single year, they'll just continue keeping him. But I think with such a terrible farm system right now, he's probably the biggest trade ship that we have moving forward. Um, and you know how volatile relievers are, um, you know, he could have a bad season and kind of completely tank his trade value or whatnot. So, I mean, it's a little bit risky to keep them too, too many more years. I feel, even though they do have control of them for this season and three more. So four more seasons in total. So um, I would expect sometime in the next three and a half years, a Josh Trader will be traded and, uh, you know, to, to basically help improve our overall franchise, but you never know.
1: Yeah. And I think that the, um, uh, the new rule or whatever that you have to finish an inning or whatever, if you're a pitcher that's brought in, uh, I think that's actually going to make people like Josh Hader, like those power bullpen arms um, are going to be like even more valuable, I guess, because, uh, righty or lefty, like you're going to have a hard time against a guy like Josh Hader. So, um, I, I think that that definitely increased his value kind of going into this season. Um, I don't know. I mean, I I, I I think you're right. I think that we kind of just threw it out there because if Josh Hader was a free agent going into this season, he'd be the best reliever free agent, and I. I wonder what people would be willing to pony up. And so if he was available and you said like, Hey, you could sign him for, you know, you're going to have control of him for this amount of years. Like, what are you willing to give up? Uh, I'd like to know. And there might be, um, you remember back in the day when like, um, Mike Ditka traded his entire (laughs) draft for Ricky Williams and, um, everybody was like, Whoa, that was pretty crazy. And it didn't necessarily work out, but, um, uh, you never know like maybe we were just kind of throwing it out there just to see if there was a gm that was willing to do something crazy like that just see what we could get and um
0: i don't think we are yeah really... i think it's one of those things once once you have a gm that's or a couple of gm i'm sure there are a lot of gms interested but from the contending teams that are interested that um kind of reach out to you and kind of with initial offer maybe even you have some idea who they're willing to give up and then it'll allow you to kind of send your scouts out to their uh, systems during the season and kind of scout other players that you might want want to add to the deal, so to speak, if it does come to fruition at some time before the trade deadline. Uh, so I think it's just smart. Um, and if you really think about it, it makes a ton of sense. I mean, the rumors were, Oh, cool. you know, a lot of our fans were on board. Yeah. Let's trade Josh. Let's get a big, big haul during this off season. Well, it doesn't, to me it makes perfect sense for a guy like him. It's healthy and having a good season during the July trading season because if you just think of adding someone like him to an already contending team or first place team in a division, it really can put you over the top by adding someone like him to an already good bullpen or something like that. I mean, um, yeah, I mean, as we saw even back when the, the Cubs, you know, traded a pretty great player, and, uh, you know, you know, for uh, in Torres, uh, they're uh, starting second baseman off of the Yankees. For uh, Chapman, their closer, I mean, it did help them, win their first world series in over a hundred years. So, I mean, that's just the type of example of the type of arm and the type of player, possibly um, package of players for that matter that Hader, I think could bring back to the Brewers. So I guess, mm-hmm. I just wanted to throw that out there and mention that these Brewer fans that might be disappointed that Chris Nielsen will not be a future trade ship that we still have someone like Josh Hader, I, I would say that they could still bring back Mexican Hall and help restock our farm. So.
1: Yeah, not only that, but like, could you could you even imagine? Like, let's just say, like, I don't know, three years go by, and um, Christian Yelich becomes a free agent, and then all of a sudden, like, you have to look at Christian Yelich in like a Yankee uniform or a Dodger uniform or even like a Cardinal or a Cub uniform. I mean, gross. Like, could you? I mean, that's the kind of thing that just yeah, I mean, that, that, hurts your soul. that's that's something that really
0: makes me so happy is the fact that we don't have to worry about seeing him on the Yankees or Cubs or something like that like three years from now uh, whoever you know gives them all some money because I mean it just shows you what awesome down earth type of guy I think Chris Mes really is, and I think he's a great fit for Milwaukee just the fact that him and his agent were willing to sit down and, and actually approach the Brewers about wanting to stay here uh, you know that that's hard for me to believe that the Brewers didn't approach him first, but I'm sure they were going to in the next year or two but I mean, for him to come out and do that when he did, I think that just speaks volumes to the type of character and the type of person that Chris Mielge is, for sure, in my opinion. So definitely exciting.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, do you think – well, I guess – do you think there will ever be a point in this contract where we'll be paying him more than, like, what he is worth production-wise? Um, and, and if so, when do you think that will actually be?
0: Good question. I want to say no, but I mean, you just don't know what's going to happen. Um, however, he's got the type of, you know, body type and, and athleticism, I guess, um, even more so than Ryan Braun, in my opinion, uh, who again, had a similarly long contract who, you know, Brewer fans were worried that at the end of Braun's contract, we were going to kind of regret it. And granted he's, I think he's making around 20 million in the, in the final year his contract this year. Um, I don't think the Brewers are, you know, being hampered by Braun's contract at all. I feel that like the same is going to be true for Christian Yelich in his last year of this contract when he's three six years old, which I believe is the same age, just about the same age as Braun right now. I think he's going to be equally as productive, um, and so I don't really think that they're going to really regret it. Um, and so that's the other exciting thing is outside of like injury that you really can't predict. I think Christian Yelich will still be a very productive player the entire length of that contract which is awesome um and not only that but you have to look at it from a fan's perspective you know as someone you know you can feel comfortable buying their jersey <laughs> for your for your son or something like that and knowing that he's still going to be a brewer for a very long time there's some some excitement with that too i mean knowing that there's a player that you can follow for the rest of their career and you're going to be you know he's going to be your favorite brewer so to speak going forward and and there's not a better guy to be, I think the, you know, role model for the younger, younger um, fans or whatnot than Christian Yelich. I mean, he just plays the game hard the right way and um, just awesome, awesome deal all around. Um, before we end, I guess the one part, I do not believe, or I've not read this. I, I don't believe that there was any form of a no trade clause included in this deal. And there was also no opt out. Um, I could be wrong about the trade clause. I, I I thought I heard some rumblings that there might be a no-trade clause that kicks in after the 2023 season, which would be four seasons from now. Um so, you know, if the if the Brewers find that his contract is crippling in some ways, possibly at some point in the next, you know, four years from now, they might consider trading him. Um if that if it has to be an option, but uh, I I mean, I I just don't foresee it happening. I think Chris Neal is going to stay here at the Milwaukee Brewer and I want him to for the rest of that contract. So we shall see. Yeah, no, I mean, I I
1: agree. I mean, I I don't, I actually talked to our anonymous source, Tom Carter, and um, he was doing some digging about the trade clause, but um, he said that uh, he, he could not believe that we had actually even made, um, this contract extension, and that, like, when I asked, like, was the front office kind of even thinking about this yet? And he's like, well, yeah, they're always thinking about it, but it wasn't the right time to pitch it. Like, they would have probably pitched it maybe at the end of the season. Um, But um, to be able to make a, a deal like this, like, he was just over the moon. And, like, Tom's really never, like, super, super happy. So uh, I was definitely uh, <laughs> great to hear that. But um, uh, the yeah, other thing – is
0: kind of unhappy when you use really, a real – when we i should say on the show use like his actual name because he says you know just use the information he gives us you don't even have to give him any type of credit whatsoever uh he says you don't have to call me anonymous but just don't mention him at all but anyway oh. i guess it's a segment our show at this point so <laughs> whatever
1: no it's def- i'll i'll make a note of that um hopefully we'll we'll be able to rectify that in the Um, upcoming episodes I'm sure we will but um, I I guess I also wanted to point out that like yes okay Braun is making 20 million this year and like no I don't think that he's probably worth 20 million but is Ryan Braun's contract preventing us from like um, I don't know signing another player that's going to improve this team I mean I guess from a technical standpoint maybe but like not much You know what I mean? Like, this isn't an albatross contract. I don't imagine that the LH1 will be either. Um, And there's something to be said, like, all the reasons that you just gave. Like, to be able to buy a jersey. Like, I know that sounds crazy, but, like, that's definitely one of the things that I think about. How many people have bought a jersey, and then you're like, oh, great, two years later. Like, he's long gone. So, happens all the time, especially in the small market. So, uh, definitely really excited about that. I don't think we've really talked – about the freddie peralta contract yet and the very fact that uh you drafted him in fantasy and then they signed him to an extension um i don't know like two days later makes me a little bit concerned for my fantasy team but it makes me really happy that maybe there's something going on here that maybe you maybe you can give some more insight because i feel like you maybe
0: uh, maybe Tom gave you some inside info there that you drafted him. I, you? I may have got a little tip off from an out in the stores. I'm not going to name him, but uh, that the Brewers were working on a contract <laughs> with Peralta. But no, I mean, I, I think it's one of those things where Friday wanted that deal done, uh, kind of for security. I mean, as a young player, um, not knowing what your role is, you know, if you're going to start a or reliever, what's going on, if he's going to be kept on the team. I think they just gives – obviously, he worked this off season with Carlos V. a former brewer, um, and added a slider, slider to his repertoire that supposedly, by all accounts, had, you know, he was in the Dominican Winter League and uh, with great success. So I think the brewer saw him coming into camp, saw this pitch, saw that he probably has a starter's arsenal as long as he can improve his command, and, you know, saw the value in that and that uh, they should probably, you know, take him up on. It on his offer and sign him uh, now, um, you know, and again, most of those years we're going to control him anyway. um, But it takes him two years, two option years beyond his uh, arbitration control. So if if he does become the pitcher, I believe he can be, it's going to be an absolute steal for the Brewers to have him at the, at the price that they got him for, for sure. Yeah,
1: absolutely. I I definitely didn't see it coming, but um, you know, he, he's always been kind of a wild card and um, I really hope um, I, I think that it's going to be players like him and um, and and Corbin Burns that are really um, I think Ray Black like a lot of these guys in the bullpen like they have potential to do some really great things but at the same time like bullpens are wild cards I mean you just don't know like they can go from really really great to really really not great really really, really, really quick so um, I don't know. I think that's a lot of that is going to hinge on the success of this team.
0: I will also throw out another name. That's a player on our 40 man roster that uh, has been having a lights out camp that has been turning some heads. And his name is Anhel Perdomo. Perdomo. Uh, he's a six, six left or six, five left-handed pitcher. He's only 25 years old. He was in the uh, Toronto blue Jays organization for a number of years. Um, and they, last August, I believe, put him on waivers, and the Brewers snapped him up um, and they protect him on the 40-man even before the Rule 5 draft this year. Supposedly, he's, like, striking out every single batter he faces in, in, in spring training. Now, uh, his number one reason why he got cut last year, and uh, he's pretty wild, but um, he has had a great strikeout rate and obviously pitching from the left-hand side, that appeals to the Brewers, I'm sure, um So anyway, uh, I don't know if he'll make the team out of spring training, but um, he is on our 40-man now, and I believe he's got some options left. But uh, the bottom line is um, look for him to possibly be a contributor in the Brewers' bullpen at some point in 2020, and that's probably a name that you haven't heard before. But he's what I've seen from him and from what I've heard, he has definitely a potential potential to be a a pretty high-leverage bullpen arm going forward.
1: No, I'm actually really glad that you brought him up because believe it or not, like I know, okay, here's just a little, um, uh, another inside thing. Like we always have like the Tom Carter anonymous inside source, but like, here's another inside tip. We don't really have like the most thorough pre-production meetings. <laughs> so, um, I didn't know that you were going to bring him up, but I actually had him pulled up right now, um, and was going to bring him up. He's pitched four innings, uh, Four innings so far this spring, which means that he's retired 12 batters. Do you want to guess how many strikeouts he has?
0: Well, I know today struck out all three batters or all out in any pitch. I, I'll just guess 10.
1: Spot on. Spot on, sir. Tip of the cap. Uh, 10 Ks out of 12 retired batters right now. Uh, two walks in those 12 innings, just a one hit and an ERA of zero, whip of. 0.75 so yeah no absolutely he's been a bright spot uh so far this spring and i would not be surprised if he wound up uh being a part of this bullpen uh, right off the bat as of opening day um, anybody else so far that really kind of stands out i know we're pretty early in spring training and it is just spring training so like let's not get too excited about a lot of these stats but um anybody else so far that's uh really kind of um standing out
0: well believe it or not, Orlando Arcia, um, I believe has <laughs> and uh what does he have? He how many runs? home runs does he have? It seems like he's got at least half a dozen home runs already in spring training and I think he only had fifteen last year, so um he's been on fire and I know that he doesn't even he's not guaranteed to be a start starting sharps off even to start of the year with the fact that Luce Ar- Ars uh Urias could be ready even going to by opening bay at this point. But uh, I think he'll definitely be on the 25-man roster regardless and get some at-bats throughout the season. But, yeah, I mean, he's obviously having one of the better camps offensively. Yeah,
1: I don't think Urias is going to be joining the team until um, at least a couple weeks into the season because I think he's going to have to – have like extended spring training or, or something like that, but no, you're absolutely right. Um, Arcia, who had 15 bombs in about I don't know, probably 500 events last year, um, he's got five in spring already in uh, a mere 23 at bats, so um, definitely unexpected. And I guess more importantly, uh, he's hitting 304, uh, which is nice, has not drawn a walk yet, which is a slightly concerning, but. Um,
0: that's yeah. kind of them all, though.
1: Yeah, no, exactly. I was like, "Oh, maybe he's being more patient at the plate, and that's leading to good." Nope, nope, that's not it. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I'm a little yeah,
0: surprised. I mean, yeah, I mean, he is awesome. So it was with the gloves. So he's definitely, I think, valuable having the roster, I and mean, he could be, a, you know, this type of production, or if he's productive, well, before. Uh, um, AS arrives, so to speak, or whatnot. not, um, you definitely turn himself in a nice trade piece, hopefully, as well.
1: Yeah, that would be, definitely be nice. Um, Logan Morrison is actually doing uh, pretty solid so far this year. I am going to point out that... Oh,
0: I think we're out of time.
1: Already? <laughs> <laughs> um, let me see. Actually, I don't even know where he is. Um, okay,
0: hang on. So Logan he's a couple of three-run home runs in spring training. Doesn't make the doesn't mean that you are going to make the team, Scott. But yeah, it, uh, he's Logan very
1: very early. It's only twenty-four at bats, um, but he's got three homers. He's hitting two ninety-two, and more importantly, a three seventy uh, on-base percentage. So um, he's he's doing things well, and he has kind of uh, come out and said that. Um, He's not going to accept a minor league assignment. Uh, having said that, um, do you think that Logan Morrison will be uh, on the no, roster opening he day?
0: Not. He has zero chance to make the team unless there's an injury that happens in the next couple weeks. He has zero chance to make. In my opinion.
1: All right. So, do you think he will be traded or cut, or do you think he'll he's just bluffing and he'll go to the minors?
0: I think he will be cut and go to another team, it's also bench or minors, so actually he'd be probably happy to make a bench, but I don't think it's happening.
1: We'll see. I don't really like to agree with like with you just for the banter you know it's kind of it's nice to have a different yeah. opinion, but um, I mean he might get traded for some low level prospect or something like that that's just. You know, like one of those kind of bag of balls kind of trades, but I don't
0: know. I guess I just don't think that there's – until the DH gets implemented in the in the NL. I just don't think that there's there's just an oversaturation of players like him at the first base. Um, you know, first baseman. I, I don't think there's really any team that would even take him. So we'll see.
1: Yeah, makes sense. We should, um, we'll see.
0: But anyway, so all your brewer fans, we don't get kickbacks for this, but definitely go out by your with confidence your Christian Yelich jerseys um, because uh, he's going to be a brewer for the better part of the next decade, and I'm pretty pumped. When we here at the Brewer Crew Review are pretty pumped up about, it, there's no doubt.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, it was definitely in in an offseason that maybe wasn't quite what we had hoped for. Um, this might be uh, – well, it's definitely the best news that we've gotten the whole – like, the entire offseason. So, uh, definitely uh, definitely a great thing and really looking forward to seeing. Uh, Christian Jalich batting for the good guys for a long time.
0: Awesome. All right, well, I don't know if you want to give our email and all that good Twitter stuff, Scott, but um...
1: – Oh, it's the worst, right? Every single – person listening is like i'm so sick of this every time you have to listen to something um no if you found our podcast please uh rate it hopefully five stars because um we really do um appreciate that and not only that but um it definitely goes a long way i know there's a a lot of great brewer podcasts out there and then not only that but we will be um wildly interactive with you and answer any and all questions that you might have uh, at brooker review one on twitter Um, Or somewhere probably on YouTube and Facebook as well, but who cares? Um, And I guess the only other thing that I really wanted to point out was um, I know that we're pretty strict about talking uh, about just Brewers here, um, but hats off to the Wisconsin Badgers basketball team for um, uh, winning eight games in a row in the conference uh, to – after being – what, six and six in the conference, finishing like, yeah, 14 and six or something like that. And uh, uh, being co Big Ten champs, um, I was really, really pleasantly surprised with that. Uh, they really turned it around. Great job.
0: I also give kudos to my alma mater, the Wisconsin Badgers, for their Big Ten championship or at least share of it uh, for the. Um, for this season and against all odds I think that uh, hopefully they make a big run here in the tournament but absolutely Scott
1: Oh you know what um, let's talk about this really quick because why not um, Bucky Badger he he kind of has that look that's like kind of pissed off like Bucky Badger has that stout confident resolute look to him but I just look at him as angry which I I appreciate Um another person who used to have that same kind of um, look was barrel man and barrel man is now, uh, or I'm sorry, he was like just a smiley barrel man and now he's kind of got that sort of angry look to him. Um, what do you think about that? Like, are you happier with the old smiley barrel <laughs> man or are you happier with the, uh, the new angry barrel man?
0: Um, I really never thought I'd be asked this question in my life, Scott, but uh, it's a great one. Well, um, we
1: asked the hard-hitting questions here.
0: So. I'm fairly indifferent on the on the bipolarness of the barrel man. Um, I feel that sometimes he's happy and sometimes he's very angry. And um, He's angry now. If I were, That's his new look. If I were a Cubs fan visiting Miller Park and calling it uh, Wrigley North, I would not anger the barrel man because you will even shall regret it. So I'm fine with the angry barrel man. It was just a necessity.
1: My thought is this, if we were to won a championship at any point in our 50 year existence, um, you know, maybe I'd be smiley, but now he's pissed off and I get it. So um, I don't know. I I don't mind the angry barrel man. I mean, I can see why he's got a little bit of that anger. So um, I I can appreciate that.
0: Absolutely. All right, definitely getting pumped up and excited for the twenty twenty season. Um and it'll be interesting to see who breaks the team as actually I think I mentioned twenty fan and roster. It's actually twenty sixth man this year. And so some there'll be some extra jobs to be had at the MLB level. And uh yeah, uh one of the spots won't go to Logan Morrison, but uh yeah, definitely excited to see who the twenty five or twenty six brewers I should say are going into twenty twenty and I assume they'll all be winners so looking forward to it
1: yeah it should be an exciting year
0: awesome alright with that being said hopefully we'll welcome my colleague Jim and Chad back and maybe even Uncle Jimbo back to the show next, uh, next episode but in the meantime uh, stay classy Milwaukee and go Brewers go Brewers,
1: go Brewers. Da, na, na, na.
0: Awesome. He right, awesome.
1: said it couldn't be done I'm probably going to put the uh, Talked out of our ass uh,
0: uh, The what?
1: The part where you said that we talked out of our ass So I'll probably leave it in the show
0: That's fine Whatever well, <laughs> Alright sounds good <laughs>